It's time to run the Barracuda! Hello! My name is Tom Chick. You're listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast, where I am here with, as usual, uh, Jason Bartholomew... McMaster. See, that's a good one. I like that one. You yeah. should because that's the name that your mother gave you. Now, I do. You, do many people call you JB McMaster? Sometimes, yeah. Okay, there's going to be. A, I'm going to warn you. There's going to be a fair bit of that today, just so you know. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, now, JB McMaster. Before we go to our usual format, uh, we have with us today someone. Uh, we're going to have some actual reportage about quarter to three. Uh, oh. We have with us a fellow who's going to tell us about one of these threads that you might see, but you might have been too lazy to actually go into this thread to see what the deal was. Uh, to expound on that, and we'll get to that in a minute, but first I want to introduce Mr. Dave Perkins from Eastern Pennsylvania, who is, get this, a math teacher. Hello, Dave Perkins. Hello, Tom Chick, and I'm sorry, I don't have a middle name, so you can't call me anything fancy. I do not, oh boy, I can come up with something. I just, I just want to say the things I could do with your initials, I'm sure you've heard them. Oh, I probably have, and I've had a lot of middle names given to me, but the one I like best is the one I gave myself as a, maybe a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. I gave myself the middle name Plus, which is pretty, pretty <laughs> prophetic, since I'm a math teacher now. DPP. Yep, DPP. I am down with that. All right. Uh, oh, thank you. I'm glad someone <laughs> noticed that. DPP, uh, oh. I just want to ask you. First of all, you you spoke sort of disparagingly uh, about your profession, or not not disparagingly, but you sort of acknowledged that some people might think that it's not as dramatic as what your wife does, and she uh, apparently wrangles horses. Is that correct? I'm not sure what wrangle means. Whips into shape, keeps them from 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 giving her sass, back talk, and lip. Is that part of what she does with the horses? Oh yeah, totally. She totally wrangles. <laughs> but, but she is uh, like a professional horser or something like that, right? Right. Specifically in the uh, in the area of dressage, which is the sort of ballet movements you see in the Olympics, along with I think jumping and uh, cross country. There's dressage, so that's what she trains in. And I didn't mean to make my profession sound, you know, bad on the good to bad scale. I just don't think it's nearly as interesting to talk about as hers because it's okay. so rare that you meet somebody who rides a horse, like not a horse, like 8 to 10 every day and walks around the house wearing breeches. Professionally, she does this too. Well, yes, I walk around the house wearing breeches. But <laughs> and, half, and half chaps. Now, DPP, uh, I just want to reassure you, though, about your profession. Making it competitive with a professional horse dressager, uh, have you by any chance seen a little movie starring a couple of little-known actors named Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie called The Tourist? No, I haven't. Well, that movie is going to put math professors on the map because Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp plays a math professor from Wisconsin in The Tourist. And I think... I think once that movie's out there a little longer, it's just going to make your profession as sexy as, say, Indiana Jones made archaeology professors. 
Well, they got a bit of an uphill climb since Pi did just about the opposite for the image. Oh, that's right. He was a math professor who drilled his (laughs) head. Yeah, wow. You guys are freaks, aren't you? That's what I get from that movie. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, no, I really do love my profession. I I love it enough that I wrote a book, a calculus history book, and it's going to get published in the fall. Holy cats, that's awesome. What's the name of it? Does it have a cool, sexy title? I'm kind of (laughs) afraid to ask that. (laughs) Yeah, my friends thought I should call it just Sex, Sex, Sex. That was one of the suggestions. I would buy that. So would Jason uh, Bartholomew McMaster. (laughs) Or Math with No Pants On. But I'm just going to call it Calculus and Its Origins. Uh, okay, I, I, yeah, I know. My <laughs> uh, well, yeah. That's awesome news, though. It's just like a, a text, it's a textbook, I guess, right? It was supposed, it started out as a textbook, um, but then the publishers, uh, after they talked about it and read the first few drafts, they, they thought it's a little, probably a little too radical to be a textbook. Um, so I kept the exercises, but I made them all, None of the exercises are routine. They all introduce a new historical figure and what that person contributed to the story of the invention of calculus. So it could be used as a textbook and maybe like an honors class or a special topics class. Now, I'm, I'm going to say in all in all earnestness, Dave, I, you are a, a really entertaining writer. Uh, and were you able to sort of bring some of that to bear here? You must have been. Because I know how creative you can be just in, in something as simple as, as email turns, because you and I have played email games before. Uh, yeah. Is there some of that kind of spirit of Dave Perkins in your book? Well, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <Get> serious. <laughs> um, I I do have a writer friend who's a poet, and I sent him my first couple chapters. He he is he is by all accounts the worst math student in the world, but he nevertheless bravely asked me to send him the first couple chapters. So I did, and he read them. Um, and he he wrote back to me with his favorite lines, and uh, one of his uh, favorite phrases was um, the vexatious infinite. Uh, so I, you know, try to be colorful using words <laughs> like vexatious to apply to the infinite. Uh, but no, I, you know, I didn't talk about, you know, the blood of goats running down the tile floor of the, you know, sacrificial altar like I did in Solium Inferno. And that's the game you and I played. Well, I think vexatious infinite is close, though. I mean, if you manage to get that in there, I color me impressed enough. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. Thank uh, you. So that's this. When does that come out? Um, probably the fall. Still have to make a cover. Still have to finish some last-minute edits. One of the big-wig math historians of the world read it and sent me three or four pages of corrections, so I'm I'm working on those. I'm really, really glad he looked at it, because if anyone knows, he knows. That's that's great news. Uh, congratulations. You must be elated. Uh, now, you also have uh, a... a a weird, and I say weird just because I'm fascinated by it, medical procedure coming up. Uh, I understand you are about to be the recipient of a transplant from a convicted killer. How much of what I have just said is true? Uh, transplant and convicted killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I'm, I'm going to have my ACL replaced. Uh, I recently had my meniscus, which is the padding between between the whatever and the whatever, replaced in my knee, and that when the doctor was in there, he took pictures, and he showed me a picture. It looked like, it looked like a cavern, like 
my knee was just a giant empty space, and he said, that's usually where the ACL goes across, and you've got nothing. It's just gone. So he's going to give me the ACL of a cadaver. Wow. And this is all because you had the audacity some 10 years ago to engage in some sports-like activity, right? Yes, I was taking the rock to the hole, I think, is what the young people say these days. Man, I've never heard that one. That's a good one. I like that. Oh, yeah. And I I just made a move that I wasn't ready for, or my knee wasn't ready for, so it hyperextended, snapped my ACL. For 10 years, I've been okay, but recently I sat down in a chair and it gave out. (laughs) So uh, the doctor said, it's time for a new one, and he suggests the cadaver. Uh, which is cool because, like you said, it can be a convicted, convicted killer. Hopefully, you know, somebody famous. And then from now on, whenever I want to get my way, I can just blame it on the ligament. I have to say, though, I think the ligament can maybe get you out of or maybe get you into a lot of interesting situations. But I think that if, if we had better health care in America, you would get a bionic ligament. And I'm, oh. I, I just I think if we give Obama another four more years, I think we can make that happen. Or maybe the ligament from a dead bionic person. That would be a dead bionic convicted killer. I think that would be even cooler. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. (laughs) Now you're making me want to wait. Well, they can always come back. You know, it's this, try this one out. If it doesn't work after four more years of Obama has made healthcare in America marvelous, we'll fix you up with something bionic. Oh, thank you. That's a great idea. Maybe I could request this time that they put in, they install sort of like a dongle or something, whatever you call those little oh, port- oh, portals. Oh! You know? And then, <laughs> what? Did I, use the, did I use the magic word that gets me 100 points? No, no, no. This, is a, fam- this is a family podcast. Quit saying that word. Oh, oh, oh. You're scary <laughs> children. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Come on back. <laughs> uh, well, tell us a bit, uh, DPP about these threads that I've seen sort of lollygagging about on the front page of the games forum that say things like Frozen Synapse Tournament or Frozen Synapse Bracket or Frozen Synapse this and that. Uh, no. There's There's no. been shenanigans going on, and I believe you are at the helm of these. I am. Um, Frozen Synapse would ought to be enough to get anybody to click it. That's how I... No, I got into it because Mysterio, who's one of our posters, he popped into the Dominions thread and said, I don't know why any of you nerds aren't playing Frozen Synapse, and I trust that guy. I like just about everything he likes, except for Civilization V, I just can't imagine. So uh, I'm, I'm sure it'd be fun, but I'm not like a college student anymore, so forget that. So I'm more into the games that you can play in 30 seconds, like Frozen Synapse. Mm-hmm. Um, you can puzzle over the turns as long as you want to. Should I describe the game a little bit in case people have Yeah, yeah, time? tell us. So, so both uh, uh, JB and myself have played it a little bit, but not nearly enough to talk about it with any sort of uh, authority. So, yeah, tell us briefly what kind of game it is. It's a, it's a hardcore war game, yeah? I would say so. I mean, I don't know what hardcore really means, but it's really... it's There's no randomness, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... The turns, uh, you can puzzle over as long as you want to, but the turns are submitted simultaneously, and you give your maybe three to five units, uh, each carrying different weapons like shotgun and machine gun and grenade launcher. You give them orders for the next five seconds, and then the turns run simultaneously. And since the turns are like usually eight to ten before the game ends, the, the whole game is 40 seconds long or so, sometimes even shorter if you get a wipeout. 
So, uh, <clears throat> so it's top down and there's only five kinds of units and there's two kinds of terrain. There's walls and half walls. Um, there's maybe eight different orders. Uh, you could give your machine gunner an order to like go forward around a wall and then pause and aim and then keep that aim while he tracks past a doorway and then duck, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of cat and mouse, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the best games are definitely cat and mouse. Uh, it's a lot of predicting what your opponent will do. And I think the the my favorite thing about the game is that you can give orders to your opponent's units. You can even drag them around in the map to where you think they are and then give them orders that you think they'll do, and then you can run the turn and see how it would pan out. Um, and every now and then you make a perfect prediction, and it's just so pleasing to think, you know, I I guessed he would be doing that, and I win because I guessed right. Yep. And, heck, it's pleasing when the, your opponent guesses right, too. But not as pleasing. Well, no. Well, that's uh, considerably less pleasing. <laughs> That's true. So, That's when your cadaverous ACL starts to get riled up. So, so you've got you've got this little uh, this this short little game. It's perfect for asynchronous multiplayer, uh, which is I, what I guess people call play by email these days. Or you know, you submit your moves to each other. Uh, so you guys decide to arrange some kind of uh, this is like an official thing, right? There's an actual tournament, like a bracketed, like your days playing basketball. You probably know how to set up an engagement to determine an eventual winner. Is that kind of what's going on here? Yeah, I got the idea maybe two weeks, three weeks ago when the World Cup was going on. So I was watching, you know, the U.S. play Brazil and the U.S. women play Japan and so on, and I thought that would be kind of a cool structure. So we did group play first. Everybody was put into random groups, and then the top players from each group went to an elimination bracket, and there's eight people left. And as a math professor, you've probably, like, got all kinds of formulas that set this up. Like, this probably helps you set this up, correct? Yeah, I would have made it more complicated just for the sheer joy of it, except that I knew that I'd have to express the rules to everybody, and I didn't want to scare them away. So in the next tournament, which is going to start soon, I'm collecting names right now for it, uh, I'm going to run it about the same way, although I'm going to try to think of a way that the people who are knocked out in the first round could still have an outside shot of making the elimination bracket so they can keep playing. And I'm also going to have achievements, like first person to uh, kill more than one person with a grenade launcher, you know, can get bonus points, which could earn them a way to get into the elimination bracket, even if their win-loss record isn't all that great. Whoa, achievements with actual, like, gameplay impact. Achievements. Yeah, yes, but I'm very this excited. Is- yeah, and it's not just a gamer score. This will actually help people in the, the tournament, these achievements. Oh. Yeah, exactly. By the way, do the folks who are making who make Frozen Synapse, I know uh, I've heard them on, on Troy Goodfellow's podcast and Rob Zachney's podcast, Three Moves Ahead, do they do they know about what you're doing? No. The no? the guy who ran who uh, invented Solium Infernum found out about my tutorial that I wrote and uh, offered me a free copy of the game, which was pretty cool, but the Frozen Cinemas people have not taken notice yet. Okay. No, they will. They will now. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Now, so yeah. tell us, the, the first tournament, you mentioned a second one, and I want to hear about that in a second, but the first tournament is in progress, correct? There's no, a winner has not shaken out yet, am I right? That's right. There's eight people left, and I'm matched up. I'm still in it. I'm matched up against Less Lucid from. Oh, Florida. that guy! I hope I hope you beat that guy. Really? Well, we played maybe four times before the tournament, and I keep beating him, even though his record is a hundred and something. He's won a hundred games, and somehow I've got his number. But he's he's promised me that he's going to turn it around in the tournament and kick my fanny. 
So there's been like trash talking and there have been like Cinderella stories and uh, all that stuff going on, right? There is the 11th seeded player, Contry. He beats, uh, I forget who, but it was probably the what, the 4th seeded, 5th seeded player. So he's the Cinderella story of the tournament by far. And now how, how many started out? Like, do you know offhand the grand total of folks that participated in this? I think 30 or 35 did. Okay, and we're down to eight. Uh, you are one of the eight. Do you have, you, you're going up against Les Lucid. We wish you all the best with that. Is there anybody amongst those eight that, that we should keep our eye on? Um, I would say actually Les Lucid. He's probably the best player. Uh, and I don't know why he wasn't seated number one. He probably took a chance or two he shouldn't have taken in the opening round. Uh, I don't know. But, um, he's probably the player. And, and then there's another guy named Blips. And oh, yeah. uh, he is super, super excited about the game. And he and I often play side games that aren't related to the tournament or to the league that we have. Now, is that, uh, is that allowed? Is that is that is there is there any potential conflict with the judges, the official rules there? You guys can do that. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I'm the judge. So, <laughs> you know, I, I wear the pants. So, right. yeah, no, that's fine. The, Everybody. The breaches. Exactly. The breaches. <laughs> <laughs> and the half. Don't forget the half chaps. That kind of rounds out the the figure. The I'm bottom. surprised you didn't go with the half chaps right off the bat. Uh, glad we finally got around to a mention of half chaps. So, so let's see. Blips, less lucid. You. Uh, is there any idea when this will all be resolved? Are you guys keeping a schedule? Does it just kind of go as people get time to fit in their games? Yeah, it's the latter. So I, I would guess that. This round will take a week, and then the semifinals will probably go a little faster because those are probably the people that are a little more into it. And then uh, the finals is going to be a five-gamer. Everything, all the other matches are best of three, so mm-hmm. that might be a little bit epic. You know, if I'm in it, I know I'm going to spend a long time with each move. Although that's well, always a mistake. When I play a game, if I just go with my guts and my intuition, I almost always do better. As soon as I start to overanalyze, I'm toast. Yeah, I don't know. I would assume a math professor could uh, analyze pretty well. What's going on there? Mm, uh, it's probably the double, triple, quadruple guessing. And, <laughs> you know, I get to quadruple, and then I back off to triple, and I should have backed off to double. That's just the way it always goes. <laughs> and then before you know it, the whole thing's imploded on itself. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, so tell us a bit about, so this has still got a couple more weeks to go. Uh, we will have a, a champion. What What does the winner get, by the way? Well, the winner of the first tournament gets nothing, but the winner of the second tournament, um, I asked people when they register to, uh, for the tournament to tell me what body part they would have tattooed with what tattoo if they were the winner. And my favorite so far was, uh, by Ian C. I A I N C. Um, he, he said that he would have, uh, his tattoo placed on the femur of the second place person. <laughs> this, this sounds a little, uh, this, wow, so I, I don't know, I'm very uncomfortable with that. So somebody could get, get a terrible tattoo out of this. How well, he about, didn't specify what the tattoo would be. Okay, it might be a good one. All right. Yeah, uh, it might be. As a guy who's gone through life with a terrible tattoo he got when he was a kid, I just, I, this makes me cringe with the way this Ooh. could go. Where is your tattoo? Uh, luckily, it's someplace I never have to look at it. It's on my uh, right or left. It's on one of my shoulders. Uh, I never have to look at it, but I'm constantly, when I'm running around without a shirt on, someone's like, oh, you've got a tattoo. And I just kind of wilt because then they have to look more closely and they see that it's, it's a flower. It's, what is it? It's, it's a flower. 
Wow. Oh, dear. I know. I know. Shut up. Shut up. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, so anyway, enough about that. So here's here's what I want to throw out there, uh, DPP. How about first place winner gets the custom title of his choice on their uh, their like you under your username you have your little uh, tag from Killer Seven and then underneath some people get custom titles. So how about I put a custom title something to the effect of winner of the first Frozen Synapse tournament? Uh, wow. How about I- I recognize that person with a custom title for the winner. That, so I'm, I would be so grateful if you did. It's almost like a tattoo, really. So it is. Nicely and it, done. And it's not even a shameful little girly flower either. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So, well, yeah. Go ahead. You're you're very welcome. I'm happy to provide this, and I I I gotta say I'm I'm rooting for you against that 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 evil less lucid. He's like the Dolph Lundgren of of the tournament. Uh, Blips is the Apollo Creed of the tournament. And uh, I'm, I'm, me and, and JB McMaster, we're rooting for you, Dave. Thank you both. Um, I do want to um, point out that Les Lucid did uh, mutter under his breath to me that he would break me. So that was a very <laughs> oh. apt metaphor. Oh, look at that guy. Trash talking. All right, yeah. So in, in summary, Les Lucid, blips. We hope you're going down. Uh, Dave Perkins, best of luck to you. Come back and let us know how it goes when everything wraps up. And at that point, we will talk about how any folks interested in Frozen Synapse, you can, of course, just duck into one of the threads and ask how to get involved. But otherwise, we'd love to have you back, Dave, before the next one starts to talk about how people can get involved and, and what some of the achievements are there. Uh, I love I what would... you're doing. And, uh, yeah, please come back and join us to talk about it. All right. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, so uh, that's been our guest segment. We are going to take a brief break, and then uh, J.B. McMaster and I will be back for our regular podcast. Oh, yeah. This is Vladivostok FM. And we are back. So what you folks listening missed during that commercial break was uh, a technical mishap on par with, say, the Hindenburg. Uh, I don't want to get too grandiose. But, uh, J.B. McMaster, you and I just uh, committed, like, about an hour of magic to the world of podcasting, didn't we? Yes. Yes, we did. Unfortunately, people will never hear it. It will be, uh, like, a lost treasure, kind of like the Holy Grail. Uh, and and uh, the reason is I do not want to subject people to uh, what we ended up laying down on tape, as it were. And I'm going to give you a sample of what would have happened if we posted the podcast that, uh, that JB, you and I just recorded. Here's how it would sound. When I'm playing Rock Band 3 with my friends, not many of them want to play Roundabout. Yeah, so that was what you would have heard. You would have listened to a podcast the whole time. There would have been that tapping noise as if someone had been banging a pencil against a table the entire time at a steady rhythm, and I think it would have driven people mad. So we lost that. By the way, I did, while I was struggling around with the file, uh, trying to do some wizardry with the post-processing software suite, um, I found something, a feature called Remove Clicking. Oh. Yeah. You, you would think that would be exactly what we would need. And I tried it, 
And the end result was instead of it sounding like somebody was tapping a pencil, it sounded like somebody was tapping a pencil using the eraser end. So it just oh, well, that's better. Yeah, it was a little bit more muted. So so anyway, what we're going to do, just because we did have a, a post of the week, a game of the week, and a news story of the week, let bygones be bygones. Forget it. That's gone forever. Let's just recap, J.B. McMaster, what you and I chose for each of, of those um, categories. Um, now, uh, let's see. We'll try to recapture the order that we used. So I think what we started with was my news story of the week. Yes. And that is the release of the Yes Pack for Rock Band 3. Uh, I am an enormous fan of, of Yes, which is this weird British progressive rock. Uh, J.B. McMaster, you had mentioned before that you like Rush, right? Yes, yes. Now, who would win in a fight between Rush and Yes? Um, I'm going to go with a Yes, probably, because I think there's more of them. Ah, very good. Like, if it was just a brawl, it would come down to raw numbers. And besides, yeah. what, what can three Canadians do against, right. I think there have been... All told, maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 members of Yes cycling in and out over the years. So I think you, I think you have a point. Uh, yeah, I just don't think uh, Getty Lee's up to it. Right. <laughs> he's, just, he's getting up there. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and that's news to me simply because I haven't kept up with a lot of the Rock Band DLC over the last several months. Uh, as an enormous Yes fan, I was elated to find one of my favorite songs on there, which is fairly obscure. It's a song called Starship Trooper, uh, based, of course, on the Larry Niven novel, I imagine. I'm not entirely sure how that shakes out. You can't really tell from the lyrics, because Yes, it's weird, fruity, sort of stoner, progressive rock, British lyrics that make no sense anyway. But based on the title and maybe a couple of things, I think you can deduce that it is connected somehow to the Arthur C. Clarke novel of the same name. Uh, yes. What I love about Starship Trooper, the song, and I didn't realize until I was playing through it last night, uh, is these these Yes songs are divided into movements, like a first movement, a second movement, a third movement, kind of like classical music. The third movement of Starship Trooper is some of my favorite Yes guitaring ever. Uh, and I had completely forgotten about it because it's so distinct from the rest of the song until I got to it and got to these progressing chords and there's a solo at the end and it really just kicks in and uh, just some awesome, awesome guitar work from, what is that, 1970 or whatever. So that's my news of the week. I am elated to discover Yes, a lot more Yes on... Uh, downloadable content for Rock Band 3. My news of the week was, uh, first I started with a little misdirection by talking about a Suda 51, mm. uh, going to social gaming, um, and wanting to make the bloodiest social game ever. And then I slid in the old League of Legends reference of the week by saying they released their numbers, which showed that they had 1.4 million players a day, and every 10 second or every second, 10 games of League of Legends launch. Now, of those 1.4 million players they have a day, usually one of them is you. Is that correct? That is correct. And you recently have sampled their newest addition to the League of Legends family, haven't you? Oh yes, Wukong, the Monkey King. And how how did you fare with the Monkey King? You were just playing against the AI, but how did it go? Oh, it went well. He's uh, reminiscent of uh, another character, Zin Zhao. Um, and uh, 
he basically is like a like that character. He's very similar. Now his ultimate's a little bit different. He spins around and knocks people up in the air, but he has like a flash move that goes in. He has a move that does extra damage if you prime it first. Uh, he plays a lot like him, but he, he's you know, he got a little bit of variety, so you can go in there and toss people up in the air, get your monkey king going, you know, the usual. By the way, I just want to, I, I now want to download and play the Monkey King just so that I can say I have gotten my Monkey King going. Yeah, well, you know, it's an important part. <laughs> uh, how did, how did you dress your Monkey King? I presume you bought some various costumes for him? Oh yes, uh, I got the bundle, um, which has two skins in it with a character and, uh, I have, uh, I've been using the fire skin, which makes him a flaming Monkey King. Wow. So you, J.B. McMaster, you got your flaming Monkey King going. Oh, yes. Yes. Not just a regular Monkey King, mind you, but a flaming Monkey King. Yeah, that's not something you can say every day, but uh, I approve. All right. So good news. Uh, League of Legends doing well, as if we didn't yes. know, but they now have uh, released some numbers, so we can uh, buttress that with, with statistics. Yes. Good. So, for our posts of the week, uh, I forget who went first, but you know what? I'm going to go. Oh, you know, you know I'll, I'll go first. Uh, right. My post of the week is actually in relation to a game that I don't particularly like, but I really liked the way that Flyin' J, fellow who's been on the forum for a while, uh, expressed his fondness for this game. And you know what? I am just going to read it. And I'm going to let it sit there. I'll be writing more about the game later this week on quarter to three. But I really uh, liked Fly and Jay's take. So I'll just read it and let it be because I think it speaks for himself. So here we go. This is me reading Fly and Jay's post uh, starting now. When I was a kid growing up in Michigan, our street was on a steep hill. Every spring, the snow would melt and there'd be a constant flow of water down the hill. This would flow over all the sand that was put on the street during the winter, creating a very small creek of mud and running water. I would spend hours in this tiny creek, forming up little dams and diverting the creek's course. I'd make huge dams and take a bit off the top and watch the water slowly erode the dam, eventually becoming a fast flow and obliterating it entirely. From dust evokes that memory completely. I am that kid again. So there you go. That was uh, my post of the week, and that was uh, Fly and Jay expressing his fondness for From Dust. J.B. McMaster, what was your pick for post of the week? My pick was... The by the way, hold on. I think should we maybe put a little, like, uh, mature rating or, like, a TV-14 rating on what's coming up? Because it does involve aberrant sexual practices. That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. All right, so send the, send the kids out of the room. Take it away, J.B. McMaster. All right. So my post of the week uh, comes from the Duke Nukem Forever. It launches on or comes out on May 3rd, 2011, which it didn't actually come out then, did it? I think it came out later. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um <laughs> That's not exactly a well. I was going to say it's not exactly a day that shall live in infamy, but maybe in another no. sense it is. <laughs> I don't maybe know. the day that almost got screwed by Duke. Um, so uh, earlier on, or well, not earlier on, but on the last page of the thread, currently 
Sal Acardo Sluggo says, I'll never begrudge anyone their taste. There are people who like to be tied up and peed on, and if that's what you're into, so be it. Everyone's tastes are different. His response, uh, he's uh, saying something in response to people that have coming been coming forward and saying they thought the game was okay, which I don't. But uh, And apparently he didn't either. Now, I mean, the rest of his post is explaining uh, why. Uh, he uh, doesn't like Duke Nukem. And then some people say a few things, one of them being Mark uh, Threads Red that says, also, uh, you know, remind me to never let you pick my babysitter in reference to the being on, etc. So Sal replies, I assure you, I'm definitely not one of those people. For those of you I see out in the world, please don't PM me. I will not react well to it. But the next line is the one that really struck me. But it's true nonetheless, people are crazy. I mean, according to Jim, ran for eight seasons. And that just kind of hammered it home for me that, according to Jim, went for eight seasons. That now, what this brings to mind for me, J.B. McMaster, is can you get those eight seasons on DVD? I hope not, but I'm sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> now, why do you hate Jim Belushi? I, he's not funny. I think that's probably it. Oh, and well, there's the confusion. I was not aware that According to Jim was supposed to be a comedy. I think uh, I think maybe. It's not funny, though, so I, mean, I can understand. That's, yeah, that's why I didn't know it was a comedy. I Right, that I can understand the confusion. Yeah, yeah, it's not funny. So, yeah, what a terrible, terrible, terrible world. So eight seasons of According to Jim versus how many seasons of Arrested Development? Oh, Jesus, what was it, Three? It's a, it's yeah. a travesty, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It really is. All right. So, bottom line, FTV. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, congratulations to Sal and uh, Sluggo and Fly and Jay for uh, our posts of the week. Now, let's get to the good part. Well, good part for me. Uh, yes. As for you, why don't you start us off? What You know what? I'll start us off because my game of the week, it's a smaller game. It's an iPhone game, and I think this is the first time on this podcast we have had the iPhone take the Game of the Week slot. And the game is Ascension, Rise of the God Slayer, which is a really imposing title, but it's actually a relatively modest game. It's a tabletop card game. It's not a collectible card game like Magic. It's a, it's a deck of cards that you buy, and it works according to, if you know the games Thunderstone or Dominion, it's very similar to those. The yeah. idea is that you deal out cards, and then the players draw from those dealt out cards. They use those to create their own little decks, and they're cycling through these decks and creating their own resources to compete for uh, with the other players. Um, it's a lot more elegant, I think, and it has a lot more atmosphere than Dominion or Thunderstone or uh, other similar games I've played. I love the artwork. I love how well it's suited to the iPhone. I've had some fantastic multiplayer games. Um, and one of the things I really love about it is at first it seems very simple. Uh, it seems like, well, there's not a lot of strategy. You just get the best card you can and hope you win. But having played it, I've gone through a couple of phases where I start to wrap my head around this cool sense of balance that they've given the different cards and the different ways you can approach how to build your little deck and the, the different kinds of resources you can focus on. Uh, so there's a lot of depth and richness to it. I've been having a great time with it. Uh, I've got plenty of multiplayer games going. 
I would I would gloat about some of them that I've won, but I've lost enough of them that I know those chickens would come home to roost. So I will refrain. Uh, but that's my game of the week. I've had a grand time with Ascension, Rise of the Godslayer, uh, far better time than anything else I've been playing this week, and uh, that hence my pick. By the way, you, you never picked this up when you were over there in, in uh, Yugoslavia, did you? No, I didn't have my. I have an iPod Touch. I don't have an iPhone, so I. Uh, well, you're in the same boat as me. Yeah, I didn't have it with me, so I was. Uh, yeah, I need to do that. But. All right. Well, you know what? I, maybe you need to work. <laughs> Speaking of uh, trash talking and gloating, JB McMaster, maybe you need to work on your pinball FX2 high scores instead. Oh. Oh. I don't see you hitting Rocky and Bullwinkle. That is what you are currently. You currently kick my ass at Rocky and Bullwinkle, and is it, is it Buccaneer? What was the other one? There's a, there was a couple. There was uh, I think uh, Wolverine was one of them. No, yeah. did you beat? You have not beat my high score on Wolverine, have you? Maybe. Hang on, I don't know. There's I'm, one that we got 22 million on the other day. Okay, you might have been. I I I was safe in the knowledge that you have only beat my score on the minor works in in pinball and <laughs> too. But uh. All right. Uh, God, that Rock and Bullwinkle table is rotten now. Do you know, by the way, uh, JB McMaster, there was a some kind of bug or glitch in that Rocky and Bullwinkle table, and Bullwinkle table, and I think it was shortly before the guy who did the voice of Rocky died. That happened, I think, last year. Shortly before then, they uh, had to reset that table, and all the high scores got completely wiped. As far as I know, that's the only table that's happened on. Wow. Uh, so that's the that's why you got the high score because everybody got their scores wiped and moved on to better tables. So enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> that table is so awful, though. I don't understand why you'd want to play that. You don't. Well, let me tell you why you would want to play that, JB McMaster. You want to play that table because someone comes along and beats your high score. That's, that's why you want to play that table. So I can guarantee you, I will be playing Rocky Bullwinkle in the near future. I oh, hope yes. you're. Oh, I am. I'm very happy. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of very happy, guess what you're playing for your game of the week? Ha ha, what do you got? Catherine. And uh, I'm not horribly sure about Catherine yet. I I like the puzzles to an extent, but I'm not horribly fond of the social interactions. I think they're tedious. Mm-hmm. And, and they are. I, in fact, have played a little bit since we lost that last bit, and uh, I, I'm still right. It's still tedious. <laughs> Who? What do you think of the lead character? I think he's uh, uninteresting and silly. <laughs> but not those aren't good qualities in a protagonist. <laughs> no, no, they're not. He's, he's kind of like freaking out because he's spent all this time with a girl who wants to marry him. Imagine that, and then he has some sort of fling with uh, another girl he's never met before, and then she starts sending him. The least interesting erotic pictures ever. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. The only erotic picture I got from the, the, the succubus Catherine, the one that he meets and cheats on his girlfriend with, was, uh, I think she was just like making, uh, kissy lips or something. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I was like, wait, that's, that's not, man, if that's that's too hot for TV. Yeah, yeah. If that's the sexting that they're doing in that game, I am completely unimpressed. Uh, Yes. There was far more cheesecake in that horrible Splatterhouse game. There really was. Uh, all right, so are you gonna are you gonna stick with it? You're you're okay with the the climbing puzzly pyramid cube crate game thing? 
Yeah, I like it. It's I don't know. It, it can get a little tedious, but yeah, I like it so far. All right. Uh, and you're on the 360. So, uh, how compelled do you feel to unlock achievements? Uh, that's a good question. We'll have to see how how bored I get. Like, uh, I want to unlock achievements. Don't get me wrong, but man, I don't know if I can sit through multiple endings. Now, can I make a prediction? I I predict, JB McMaster, that this time next week you will have not played Catherine for at least four days. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> I just got invited to the Battlefield 3 Alpha, so we'll see. I might not be like that. Aha, see, yeah. When you have the, I just downloaded uh, that insanely twisted Shadow Planet game, so nice. there, there's so many better things competing for our attention. By the way, I just want you to tease our listeners. Tell us what disc, what the initials are on the mysterious preview disc that is currently en route to you right now. D.I. D.I. All right, say no more. This is a game that's coming out in about a month. You may be getting an advanced look at it. Its initials are D.I. And if anyone, and, and as a further clue, it makes me insanely jealous that you would get to play it that soon. So I really do think it's a Princess Die game. We'll see. <laughs> All right, very good. Now, uh, finally, I want to ask you, J.B. McMaster, if Catherine were to be picked up as, say, an episodic TV show like on HBO, like Game of Thrones, do you think there's a part in it for Jim Belushi? Yeah, why not? You know, you could be any of the dumbass friends or whatever. <laughs> Who could we get to play the lead in in Catherine? Um, Edward Martin. Oh, you know what? I kind of like, you know what? That would make me actually want to watch Catherine. So I'm going to go another direction. And once again, I've, I've, I've floated this before. I don't know how well it went. Everybody liked your suggestion way better than mine, but I want to propose Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. 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 Robin. I just, I, I think he needs to get out there more. I, I'm worried that he's not working much. You know, I saw Matthew McConaughey in that Lincoln lawyer thing. Where's Chris O'Donnell these days? There aren't enough Chris O'Donnell, O'Donnell vehicles, and I think Catherine would be ideal for the fella. I think it would. I think right. it would. He's a nice-looking guy. Yeah. And he's a very he's a very friendly fella too. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, JB McMaster, why don't you tell folks briefly? Uh, so that is our, our abbreviated podcast that has no clicking in it. Uh, yes. Why don't you tell folks briefly what we'll be doing next week for the quarter to three podcast? We will be salsa dancing, but after that, we yes. will be doing uh, our picks for forum posts, news stories, and games of the week. It's, it's kind of like a triathlon, isn't it? It really is. You have to train for this. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go train, and we will be back in a week, hopefully free of technical difficulties and take twos, uh, and we'll, we'll speak more at length about those three subjects. I am Tom Chick. I have been joined with the inestimable Jason Bartholomew McMaster, and we'll That's see right. you folks next week. Bye now. It's time to land the Barracuda! Yeah!